Chapter Fifteen of Certain Personal Matters. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Graham Scott, Cheltenham, England. Certain Personal Matters by H. G. Wells. The Veteran Cricketer my old cricketer was seized he says some score of years ago now by sciatica clutched indeed about the loins thereby and forcibly withdrawn from the practice of the art since when a certain predisposition to a corpulent habit has lacked its natural check of exercise and a broadness almost dutch has won upon him were it not for this which renders his contours and his receding aspect unseemly he would be indeed a venerable-looking person having a profile worthy of a patriarch tinged though it may be with an unpatriarchal jollity and a close curly beard like that of king david he lives by himself in a small cottage outside the village hating women with an unaccountable detestation and apparently earns a precarious livelihood and certainly the sincere aversion of the countryside by umpiring in matches and playing whist and nap with such as will not be so discreet and economical as to bow before his superior merit his neighbours do not like him because he will not take their cricket or their whist seriously because he will persist in offering counsel and the stimulus of his gift of satire all whist than his he avers his bumble puppy his umpiring is pedagogic in tone he fails to see the contest in the game to him who has heard his thousands roar as the bales of the best of all england went spinning these village matches are mere puerile exercises to be corrected his corrections too are olympian done as it were in red ink vivid and without respect of persons particularly he jibes he never uses vulgar bad language himself but has a singular power of engendering it in others he has a word gabby which he will sometimes enlarge to stupid gabby the which flung neatly into a man who has just missed a catch will fill the same with a whirl of furious curses difficult to restrain and if perchance one should escape my ancient cricketer will be as startled as cadmus at the crop he has sown and not only startled but pained at human wickedness and the follies of a new generation why can't you play without swearing mr gibbs he will say catching the whispered hope twenty yards away and proclaiming it to a censorious world and so gibbs our grocer and draper and one made much of by the vicar is shamed before the whole parish and damned even as he desired to our vicar a well-meaning earnest and extremely nervous man he displays a methodical antagonism our vicar is the worst of all possible rural vicars unripe a glaring modern no classical scholar no lover of nature offensively young and yet not youthful an indecent politician he was meant to labour amid urban myriads to deal with social evils home rule the woman question and the reunion of christendom attend conferences and go with the weltgeist damn him wherever the weltgeist is going 
he presents you jerkily a tall lean man of ascetic visage and ample garments a soul clothed not so much in a fleshy body as in black flaps that ever trail behind its energy where they made him heaven knows no university owns him it may be he is a renegade dissenting minister neither good church nor wholesome nonconformity him my cricketer regards with malignant respect respect he shows by a punctilious touching of his hat brim directed to the sacred office all the rest is malignity and aimed at the man that fills it they come into contact on the cricket field and on the committee of our reading room for our vicar in spite of a tendency to myopia conceives it his duty to encourage cricket by his participation duty to encourage cricket so figure the scene to yourself the sunlit green and a match in progress the ball has just snipped a stump askew my ancient leaning on a stout cabbage stick and with the light overcoat that is sacred to umpires upon his arm out oh, billy durgan says he and adds ex cathedra and one you ought to a hit for four then appears our vicar in semi-canonicals worn to keep up his position or some such folly nervous about the adjustment of his hat and his eyeglasses he approaches the pitch smiling the while to show his purely genial import and to anticipate and explain any amateurish touches he reaches the wicket and poses himself as the convenient book he has studied directs you'll be caught mr shackleford if you keep your shoulder up like that says the umpire yaps that's worse forgetting himself in his zeal for attitude and then a voice cries play the vicar swipes wildly cuts the ball for two and returns to his wicket breathless but triumphant next comes a bye and then over the misguided cleric ever pursuing a theory of foolish condescension to his betters at the game and to show there is no offence at their yaps takes the opportunity although panting of asking my ancient if his chicks late threatened with staggers are doing well what would he think if my cricketer retaliated by asking in the pause before the sermon how the vicarage pony took his last bolus the two men do not understand one another my cricketer waves the hens aside and revenges himself touching his hat at intervals by some offensively obvious remarks as to a mere beginner about playing with a straight bat and the field sniggers none too furtively i sympathize with his malice cricket is an altogether too sacred thing to him to be tampered with on merely religious grounds however our vicar gets himself caught at the first opportunity and so being removed from my veterans immediate environment to their common satisfaction the due ritual of the great game is resumed my ancient cricketer abounds in reminiscence of the glorious days that have gone for ever he can still recall the last echoes of the throwing controversy that agitated nyren when overarm bowling began and though he never played himself in a beaver hat he can he says recollect seeing matches so played in those days everyone wore tall hats the policeman the milkman workmen of all sorts some people i fancy must have bathed in them and gone to bed wearing them he recalls the titans of that and the previous age and particularly delights in the legend of noah man who held it a light thing to walk twenty miles from north chapel to hambledon to practise every tuesday afternoon and wander back after dark he himself as a stripling 
would run a matter of four miles after a day's work in the garden where he was employed to attend an hour's practice over the downs before the twilight made the balls invisible and afterwards came teutonic revelry or wanderings under the summer starlight as the mood might take him for there was a vein of silent poetry in the youth of this man he hates your modern billiard-table pitch and a batting of dexterous snickery he likes character in a game gigantic hitting forward bowler planned leg catches a cunning obliquity in a wicket that would send the balls mysteriously askew but dramatic breaks are now a thing unknown in trade cricket one legend of his i doubt he avers that once at brighton in a match between surrey and sussex he saw seven wickets bowled by some such aid in two successive overs i have never been able to verify this i believe that as a matter of fact the thing has never occurred but he tells it often in a fine crescendo of surprise and the refrain out he came his first beginning is a cheerful anecdote of a crew of young gentlemen from cambridge staying at the big house and a challenge to the rustic talent of me and billy hall who played a bit at that time of me and billy hall winning the pitch and going in first of a memorable if uncivil stand at the wickets through a long hot afternoon and a number of young gentlemen from cambridge painfully discovering local talent by exhaustive fielding in the park a duty they honourably discharged i am fond of my old cricketer in spite of a certain mendacious and malign element in him his yarns of gallant stands and unexpected turns of fortune of memorable hits and eccentric umpiring albeit tending sometimes incredibly to his glory are full of the flavour of days well spent of bright mornings of play sunlit sprawlings beside the score tent warmth the flavour of bitten grass stems and the odour of crushed turf one seems to hear the clapping hands of village ancients and their ululations of delight one thinks of stone jars with cool drinks swishing therein of shouting victories and memorable defeats of eleven men in a drag and tuneful and altogether glorious homecomings by the light of the moon his were the olympian days of the sport when noble squires were its patrons and every village a home and nursery of stalwart cricketers before the epoch of special trains gate money star elevens and the tumultuous gathering of idle cads to jabber at a game they cannot play End of chapter fifteen